It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast. Uh, so here, we're, again, for those of you that you couldn't, couldn't hear us a little bit earlier, uh, we're going to run down more on the new, is this your first podcast show? No, it just feels like it sometimes. Uh, yeah, just every once in a while. We're going to go over uh, more on the new manager, 56th manager in the history of the Chicago Cubs, Mr. Craig Council what that role might look like moving forward, how it might impact what they're doing this offseason, how quickly they can turn things around. And we've got some reports and rumors to start to talk about, finally, uh, in free agency and trade talk and that type of stuff. And then we do want to address the rumors about why Cody's not here. Luke <laughs> Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Corey Friedman is not Cody Del Mendo. I've been, caught, I've been added to the 40, man. Yeah. Added to the 40, man. Clear in space. That is not... Okay, before, before it gets too out of hand on the internet, listen, this is the deal. At CHGO, we're doing our part to bring in Shohei Otani. We have sent Cody out to Japan to, bring, to personally escort him into the U.S. and over to Wrigley Field. We, he's basically our messenger. Well, he may, Shohei may already be here, so the fact that Cody actually went to California might... Well, he might be behind. He might show up and not find anybody there. We said, Cody, go. And come back with Shohei. And he grabbed his beer bat and he grabbed his Jordans. Mm-hmm. And we'll see when we, you know, hopefully Cody will show up again. I'm curious if our YouTube chat thinks that Shohei being granted an audience exclusively with Cody is helping or hurting the Cubs. Right. Yeah. What chances. How healthy is that for the Cubs chances? I think helping. <laughs> It'd be a vibe. That's for sure. And he'd know all about gambling before he got here. That's for, yep. you know, before he showed up at the ballpark, he would know about all the over-unders and all those things. Uh, all right, so I want to start with some stuff we've seen over the last, like, 24 hours or so. Uh, John Morosi is one of the reporters, I think, nationally that's locked in, right? Like, you'll hear different reporters, and sometimes I believe this stuff. Sometimes I think this reporter's being used, maybe or not. Morosi's not one of those guys, like when John Morosi tells you something, I generally take it as close to fact as possible. He is really locked in and really does a great job. Now, he was on MLB Network recently and he posted this clip on his social media page on Twitter or X or whatever the heck you want to call it. And the topic was Cody Bellinger. Okay. And so we're waiting to see. We've often said that Bellinger may take a little while. Because of his agent, right? Potentially, yeah. So, Sarah, do you have this clip from Morosi talking about Bellinger and and how that may unfold? All right, this is John Morosi from MLB Network, and he posted this clip to his social media page. This is him on Cody Bellinger. Sounds okay. not playing. We'll wait on that. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait on that. There we go. Sorry, we'll, guys. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Hold on. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. How likely is a reunion there? Where will his suitors be? Lauren, it's possible. I, I do think the Cubs have other priorities, and for that reason, it's it's probably a group of three teams that we would describe as the most serious suitors right now for Cody Bellinger. Bob Nightingale reporting recently, Cubs, Yankees, 
Giants. And we can understand the rationale for both the Yankees and Giants to be involved as well. The Yankees, surprisingly, Lauren, a dearth of left-handed power for them during the course of this season and even going back to last year. And then the Giants, for a long time, they've been finishing second or third on a lot of top free agents. You look at what Bellinger's been able to do, cutting down on his strikeout rate. The, the home run power was there for him, the 26 homers this year, a 307 average. Bellinger, to me, you, you sort of set Otani aside. He's such a unique player. Aside from Otani, Bellinger is the best position player out there right now, partially because of his productivity, partially because he can play infield or outfield. And for a team like the Yankees, that you're wondering where is the production coming from aside from Aaron Judge, I believe the Yankees will be in there until the very end wow. on Bellinger this offseason. Is Cody or Juan Soto more of a priority for the Yankees? Or is that an impossible mm. question? I would say Bellinger, Lauren, because okay. with Bellinger right now, it is a free agent contract to where if you sign him, he's yours, presumably for the long term, whereas Soto is just one year, and then you hope to find a way to get him extended. But it's a great question, Lauren. I would say Bellinger, the higher priority. Okay, Yankee fans going, crossing their fingers at both. JP. That just little clip from him on MLB Network. Mm -hmm. uh, Morosi starts it by saying, the Cubs have other priorities right now. Two-pronger. Why, if he is the best position player out there, and B, who are those priorities? What are those priorities? I, I think the way I hear it or heard it, um, not that like Cody Bellinger isn't a priority, mm -hmm. but maybe it's something like where they, obviously, like, we've, like you mentioned, that the free agency is going to take a while, right? So they're not... 100% going all in on Cody Bellinger right now because his market might take a little while and maybe they know that. I think that could be part of it, but I mean, Rosie's obviously a lot more connected, so, but so maybe that's you're, the way I hear it. So you're saying like the Cubs may have just told him, get your offers and come to us. It's, it's possible. Okay. It's possible. And then it's like, because they don't, they're not, mm -hmm. they don't need to sell Cody Bellinger on anything really. Like he's been, That's right. He knows it. They sold him on it a year ago. He under, he knows the organization, understands what's going on. I mean, obviously they just hired a new manager, so that's, I would assume Craig Council would have to meet with Cody Bellinger before he were to sign. Um, but like they're not, yeah, they're not, they're not like other, these other teams selling themselves and the organization on, or Cody Bellinger on themselves and the organization. The Cubs have already done that. He knows what they're bringing. So I don't, I don't think they have to like lock down a meeting anytime soon or, or any of that. It could be where it's like a, Hey, like, you know what we're about. We mm -hmm. want you back. Go talk to who you need to talk to and, Keep us in the loop. It could be that. For, like I, I don't, I don't think that's a, a crazy scenario. Uh, but that, that maybe is a partial explanation for like why not a priority is worded the way it is because they're just not aggressively going after him right now. I, that could be. Yeah, it. I, I think that's definitely part of it. I think you guys are right. Like he knows what they're about. Of course, he'd have to talk to Craig Council, but I, I don't think them bringing in a guy who might win the manager of the year award, you know, in six hours is going to mm -hmm. dissuade Cody Bellinger from coming back here. <laughs> yeah. And I think the key to, you know, him not necessarily being the priority is I think we've heard the Cubs name getting tossed around in bigger fish, right? Like, I don't think you have to believe that they're going to get Shohei Otani, but there's legitimate like reporting and detailing to the fact that they are going to try Right. They're going to yeah. speak to him. They're going to submit an offer. They're going to try to court him. Maybe they're in on something like Juan Soto, too, or Pete Alonso, some of these other trades that we've heard about. And I think you'd have to, especially on Otani, right? You'd have to, I think, have an idea of the direction that was going before you're doing anything else. That is going to be a massive deal, a franchise transforming deal for any team that does it. Yeah. And I think if you're in on that, until you know you're not doing that, I'm not sure how much other movement you can really be doing, right? Like, even if Jed has this clear plan, like, if you're going to give out a, what, half a billion dollar contract, yeah. like, yeah. you kind of need to know that first. I would say that's probably true of any franchise here, especially not, not so much on those smaller deals, right? But as it relates to Bellinger, someone who, depending on which projections you're looking at, you're talking about potentially north of $200 million, right? I think deals like that don't necessarily hinge on Otani. They don't necessarily have to wait for Otani, but that's 
a huge factor. And if Jed Hoyer is going to be in on that, then yeah, Bellinger's not going to be priority number one because there's some pretty massive things potentially going on. It does make it an interesting way of attacking this for different teams, right? As Corey mentions, if you're spending a half a billion dollars or whatever the number is around there, do you prioritize that? Or do you just say, listen, this is the long shot. And if we get him after we make our pitch, like are are some teams going to say, listen, we can add Bellinger or whoever the other players might be. And then it's gravy if we get this magical unicorn in Shohei Otani. But boy, that's a lot of money that you've yeah. just spent. To me, if uh, the most likely scenario for the Cubs, knowing the Cubs, is that they will wait to see what happens with Otani. Now, we may see Otani be the first big name off the board just for that reason, because some of these teams, whether it's the Dodgers or whoever, may wait because he's such a special player to see where that falls first. Well, and I right? think like last year was sort of the judge thing. People were waiting to see right. where's Aaron yeah. Judge and and where's Correa going to go. And you waited for those two names to fall before the other serious big names were going to come off the board. I'll be curious to see which teams take that path again this year. And yeah. I think two things that come to mind on this. The first is like with Shohei, as I think everybody's talked about, like that's that that is going to make an organization a lot of money. It's going to be a huge check, but I think that changes the way like if they if they land him, I think that's changing the way the Cubs are operating because you're you're now you're probably selling a, a jersey patch to a Japanese based company, you're selling TV yeah. rights. Your your oh, yeah. your your books, your financial books are are looking very different when you're projecting out if Otani's here. The other thing I think on Bellinger and I think to your guys point about hey, you know what we're about, we want you back, but go get your offers and come back. I think with Bellinger I I, I believe this, like if the Yankees are really want him or the Giants really want him and things start getting toward that, let's say eight or nine or 10 years, 200 plus million dollars. If that's what Cody and his team come back with, I think Jed's going to say, congrats. This worked out for everybody. Best of luck in New York. So I think that would inform it as well. Like, I don't think they want to get into a bidding war. Mm -hmm. And if the offers get to that kind of top tier of those projections, I I don't really think there's much that Jed is going to think about. I'm like, I I never like to be certain of this stuff, but like if Cody Bellinger gets a 10 year, you know, $250 million offer, I, I can almost promise you that will not be from the Chicago Cubs. So I think it's a situation where they, they know there's interest. They know they want him. If these other teams want to get crazy and they want him more, then they'll bid him farewell. If he comes back and it's, say, six years, like some of those projections, mm-hmm. 150, 170, something in that range, then I think Jed yeah. says, okay, cool, let's chat about this. Now I am willing to kind of outbid somebody. So I think that also, they're, I think they have clarity on what they're willing to do for Cody, and I think that's why they're not pressing this first if that report is true yeah no, I, I think that's where i keep coming back to is it's not that he's not a priority for the team or not a uh yeah it's not re- it's not that re-signing cody bellinger is not a priority for the cubs it's that i keep coming back to like they don't they don't have to aggressively pursue him right <clears> now they can they can wait because he knows he enjoyed his time in chicago even if it was only for a year and yes he's probably going to go to whoever gives him the most money but I think if the Cubs are willing to meet to, to meet that, like they don't have to sell him on, uh, uh, they don't have to sell him on the team any more than they already have. And so, as long as the Cubs can pony up, they have they have their, a good shot. And now, while other teams are doing the courting for Cody Bellinger, if they're doing it right now, the Cubs can look at other places. They could look at what Otani and, and talk to him and see what he wants or whoever it is. Right? They could talk to the Padres about trading for Juan Soto because that th- those are new conversations they would have to be having the conversations with Cody go back a year a year ago so that's right. that's where I keep coming back to is they don't have to make him a priority quote unquote right now because he just he knows what what they're coming at him with it's interesting you know he mentions the Giants and Yankees well those are those are deep pockets just like the Cubs should have deep pockets but the one thing I hope the Cubs aren't doing when he says they have other priorities and I understand what you're I completely understand what you're saying, Ryan. I hope that they still 
even though they know him and he knows them after a season together, I hope they're still pitching him like they would any other free agent. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. He may not have to fly in for the, hey, this is Wrigley Field and this is what your name would look up on the scoreboard and this, but put together some sort of package that is on par with whatever the Yankees and the Giants and the Dodgers may do, right? Don't just assume yeah. that if you're really interested in the guy and you hope that that could work out down the road, even after whatever you find out with Otani, don't, um, for lack of a better term, don't half-ass the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that well, that I have a lot of faith in. I think they sold Craig Council on the vision, right? And I and I think <laughs> even right. over even the years, the dating back to Theo, obviously he's not with the organization anymore. But I think even dating back to him, we've heard a lot from players, especially those like shorter-term relievers and things like that, that the Cubs treated them well. They treated their family well. They provided them with a clear opportunity. They were, had clarity on, you know, the vision for themselves as a player, but also the team, which isn't necessarily the case everywhere. It doesn't mean that everybody speaks glowingly of their Cubs experience, but the vast majority seem to really speak highly yeah. of how they're treated, how their families treated. And I, I think, if anything, we can expect them to do that. I think that they've shown that they understand that and as far as their presentation skills, they seem to get very high reviews, right? Like John Lester spoke a lot about the presentation that was given to him that convinced him to come instead of going to San Francisco. There was reports that Shohei Otani was blown away by their presentation. Again, these are all Theo, but Jed was there, right? Uh -huh. Like, and we we only <laughs> continue to have that evidence from some of these, you know, relievers that have come over and ended That's up getting right. traded. You know, a guy like David Robertson, right? Like, spoke very highly. He's been with a lot of organizations. He spoke very highly of of the Chicago Cubs. So I think, as far as how they'll treat Bellinger and and manicure that process, I do trust them with that. I I think with you know Bellinger in particular, I do just think it comes down to like. You see, and it, you see their name in so many rumors, right? They're connected to Yamamoto, the starting pitcher from Japan. They're connected to some relievers out of Japan. They're in the Juan Soto rumors. They're in Shohei Otani rumors, right? Like, so I think the thing for Jed is, if if you are in conversations with the Padres, and an offer becomes clear that you're like, man, I'm totally doing this. We're shipping these players out. Mm -hmm. We're getting Juan Soto for a year. That will affect how you're building the rest of this roster. If you get the sense when you have an audience with Shohei Otani that, hey, this is really possible, it changes things. And I think the Craig Council thing is a good example, not only from how they convince people on the vision, but how, you know, sometimes you have a plan and in this game and professional sports, things change, Right. Yeah. Uh, they they were going to bring David Ross as the manager. He was going to be the manager. They were announcing coaching changes to David Ross's staff, what, a day before the decision was made? And then he has an audience with Craig Council, and he said this in those interviews. It became clear this was possible, so I talked to Tom, and yada, 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 we have a new manager, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the thing with Bellinger, is like if some of these things materialize, that would affect how you're building the team. You only have so many positions for people to play. You only have so much money. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think they're not interested, but there is a lot in play right now. And unless that decision needs to be made tomorrow, I just don't, I don't think that, that Jed is in any rush to make that decision. Yeah. He gave, he gave me some confidence in how the off season will go in that he said he was going after one of the big shortstops last year, and he got one of the big shortstops. Now, he fully admitted that it did get to a point where he was like, we might strike out, Yeah. okay? They can't strike out this offseason on whatever they're doing. Uh, by the way, I've noticed uh, Cody Del Mendo, our, our guy Cody, he's actually, you know, on his way to Japan. Yeah, on his way to Japan, he's still chiming in on the live chat. Now, that is a teammate right there. Still joining it, and Barb says, I hope that he's packed some hero bread to take to Yamamoto and Shohei and, you know, show him what kind of bread we've got here in Chicago. Uh, we'll talk more about hero bread in just a minute. Now, the other Morosi thing that came out in the last, like, 24 hours is that him saying for Otani, geography is not necessarily a priority, okay? And I heard... Jed on the radio with Waddle and Sylvie on my way home yesterday. And 
Sylvie, Mark Silverman was amazing, just peppering, peppering Jed with yeah. questions about Otani. One after another. And Jed would just kind of laugh and chuckle and find a way to not answer the question, right? But the <laughs> as, one as he does. As he does. <laughs> but the one thing that he did that he did address that I thought was interesting was I don't remember how Sylvie presented it, but he was talking about the last time. You know, and he's like, listen, I'm not going to negotiate. There's no sense in me talking about this, even though I can, doesn't do any good. But he does believe that the presentation that they made to Otani the first time uh-huh. around, which reports will tell you, he wouldn't confirm this. Jed's like, we might have been second place tied with six other teams. I don't know. Right. He did admit that. Mm-hmm. He's like, we thought it went really, really well. And he believes that it changed the way the organization goes about those presentations, okay? He believes that the organization grew from that first process with Otani, even though they didn't land him. So did it help land Dansby Swanson? Did it help them avoid striking out last offseason? We'll never know. Will the same presentation be good enough with Otani this time around because you can say, well, look at this is what we've got. You've got Saya here. We've got these prospects. We've got maybe the best manager in baseball. Interesting. Yeah. But with always the drawback has always been geography. And now Morosi's saying what he's hearing is the guy just wants to win. Yeah. You know, he well, doesn't want to be Mike Trout and sit in LA and yeah. Play with the Angels and never be in a playoff well, game. I yeah. think I think when you look at it, like six years ago, geography mattered, right? Like there were, that's why there were so many West Coast teams, and like Cubs. Yep. I think the Cubs and the Rangers, and maybe one other team were not from the West Coast, but like it wasn't. It was. It was like it, it, I think it became clear that like geography mattered and mm-hmm. where he was playing mattered. But yeah, I get it. Like now he's six years later, he's gonna be thirty. Like. He, yeah, he wants to win. He's gonna get paid a lot of money, but make a he, legacy. He, he wants to win. And one thing that you know had had been said um, about the last time the Cubs courted Otani was that like the DH didn't exist in the National League, and um, you know Otani he he still wanted to do both at the time. Obviously, like he wanted to pitch and he wanted to hit. And one way that AL teams had an advantage was like, hey, we can pitch and you can DH, right? Like that's that was a way for. AL teams to be able to to, or to sell themselves on Otani. He's like, hey, we have an available spot where you only have to worry about hitting. Now that's obviously not a disadvantage anymore. That's not a hurdle that the NL teams have to come across. So not just the Cubs, but any NL team. Right. They don't have to go across it and, and try to figure out how to sell them on a non-designated hitter league. So I, I think like that, like those two things are like, I don't think geography matters as much. And according to reports, it doesn't to Otani. And the fact that now every team in the majors has a designated hitter spot, I think those are hurdles that the Cubs obviously don't have to clear anymore. And so, like, maybe they do have a, a little more of a leg up on on potentially signing Otani if they're willing to pay for it, right? Depending on what they're willing to pay for, because I don't, I think with the with the injury, like, we have no idea what like the ranges of of contracts potentially sure. for Otani have. Like, I've seen so many different ones. I've seen short term, long term. Um, a little more, a little higher AAV, a little lower AAV incentives built in, right? Like, so we have no idea what this contract is going to look like for Otani and what the Cubs are willing to go to to get him. Um, but I think there's a couple different hurdles and a couple different challenges that now the Cubs don't have to clear anymore because six years later, things are different. And so when Morosi talks about that, when I hear Jed talking about, you know, reminiscing on the last time um, they courted Otani, like, you look at it, it's like okay, like maybe there is, maybe there, maybe they do have a better yeah. shot this time around than than what they had last time. I think it's 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 going to be about who pitches him on a vision of consistent winning, right? I think when you are on a team performing that way and losing all the time, it has got to be incredibly frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because I assume part of the vision he was sold on in the first place was that at some point with Mike Trout they would be winning and that never happened. Right. So I'm, I'm, that's going to be part of it. He wants to win and he's not going to want to do that again. And I think the other part is pitching. Like there is an opportunity, right. For him to be one of the most popular athletes in the world, a star in the sports world. And he is, but to the degree that he was playing in Anaheim, right. Mm. If he, if we're talking the teams that we see in the mix here, right. Dodgers, Cubs, 
I think even the Giants, right? The Yankees, if they end up getting involved, you're you're pitching a vision to him of like you are entering the stratosphere of athletes that get talked right. about in a very particular way, not just because of your performance, but because you're performing that way on a massive stage, right? And so I think the Cubs have a chance as much as anyone. I think a lot of the teams involved are going to have the same resources, right? So it's it's going to be about convincing him of this full vision for his life, not just as a consistent winner, but you know, his ad revenue and his star power and things like that. And it's, it's all going to go together. So I think the Cubs have a shot. I think there's a reason that everybody expects the Dodgers to win out on this, right? Because geography doesn't matter, but their geography is a lot closer to where he lives. <laughs> well, they, it's an they've shown they can flight. win. Yeah. Right. They've shown they have players. They have the money. They're not joking around. They're a bigger market than Chicago. They've been winning more consistently than the Cubs have. It's a shorter flight to Japan. Like there are things to consider. It may not be the predominant factor, but there's a reason that, you know, every article you read has them as the prohibitive favorite here. So it's going to be up to Jed and company if they want to, to sway him otherwise. If they're really in on it, I don't think they have to. If they're really in on it, it has to be this two-way street. There has to be a little give, I believe, from Otani, but just a little bit of string for the Cubs to pull. Now, there are teams I think they will have to outbid, right? Like, they'll have to go higher than these teams. I think the Dodgers are one of them. I don't know how much the Dodgers are willing to go, but let's say he comes down and he says, all right, it is the Dodgers and the Cubs. Then I do think the Cubs will have to give the biggest offer whether that is the lump sum or the years or whatever he's looking for. Now, if it's the, let's say it's the Yankees, maybe not because maybe he does, maybe geography does matter a little mm-hmm. bit in that case. Maybe the pull of uh, San Francisco is San Francisco's maybe not enough. Maybe he looks at it and says, I could really build my image in Chicago. I like what I hear from Saya. I like what I see there. I like what I saw the first time, the sunshine, the Ivy, all of it. Um, and so, I don't think they have to outbid everybody if Otani's really interested in coming to the Cubs, which hopefully we believe he is. Uh, I got to tell you guys before we go any further about something that may have changed my life last night. It happened, okay? Hero Bread. We do this. We talk about our partners, Hero Bread, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, it's light. It's fluffy. It's flaky. Hold on a second, guys. You know what I tried last night? I put together what I'm going to tell you is the greatest chicken wrap in the history of chicken wraps, okay? okay? I took the Hero brand tortillas and I put a little, I, I grilled up a little, sauteed a little chicken breast, right? Sliced it up, a little turkey bacon, little avocado, and then the secret ingredient, a little drizzle of honey over the top for a little sweetness on there, all right? Rolled that up in the old hero tortilla. Their founder, Cole Glass, I'm telling you right now, Corey, this guy should get a humanitarian award. What he has done has changed my life. (laughs) He is changing lives around the world. He set out and he said, you know what? All these carby things that we love to eat, I want to make them so they're just a little bit better, right? little more fiber for you, a little less carbs for you, a little more protein for you. And the way he started doing it was he, he made over 100 muffins per day before he found the perfect way to make muffins fitting an allergy constraint. All of a sudden, he develops that into this brand Hero Bread. These tortillas, light, fluffy, less carbs, more protein, more fiber, <laughs> Can't if, beat that. Listen, you're going to go, Barb, try that recipe tonight. Going to change your lifestyle. Grilled chicken. Can't beat that. Honey, turkey bacon, avocado. That's all I'm going to say. And then try the bread because it is light and fluffy and ultra low carbs as well. Right now, Hero Bread is offering CHGO's family 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co, C-O, and use the code CHGO to save on Hero Bread today. That's hero.co to save 10% today. And uh, I just want to say a personal cold glass, humanitarian award. Put it out there. I don't know. Personal, what, 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 did Ernie, 
What did Ernie Banks get from the president? The Medal Medal of Freedom. That's what he deserves. (laughs) That's Uh, what he deserves. I do gotta, I I gotta say, Luke, uh, I I agree with you about the bread and the tortillas, but you're breaking our friend Charlie, the bacon guy's heart here with the turkey bacon. I didn't have any. Uh, Don't get me wrong. The turkey bacon jam would be in there, but I didn't have any last night. Oh, I see. Yeah, Charlie Bacon guys are in in the chat right now. Listen, you cut corners sometimes. Excuse me. Oh wow! I, don't know I got you... choked up. I feel I feel bad breaking the heart of Charlie the Bacon guy. <laughs> Listen, Charlie, you and I both know that the thing that would have kicked up that and taken it to probably, as I was making it, I thought this is shameful that I'm having turkey bacon on it. And I did think to myself, if I had Charlie's bacon jam on this, what am I doing here, sitting talking Cubs baseball? You might not have come into work today. Well, I yeah. thought to myself, I should, before, I should be. You, you would have floated. Right I took work. a bite of it and I thought, all this is missing is the turkey, the turkey bacon. Get that out. Put in Charlie the Bacon guy's bacon jam in there, and I probably should be on the Iron Chef. That's how good the recipe was. I start making cookbooks I, I, right now and selling them. I believe you. I believe Bam! You. I got to come up with a catchphrase like that. Bam! That's oh, it. And maybe go. it's there just the noise like that. Anyways. Uh, yeah, Charlie, if you could send by some of that bacon jam over to the CHGO studios in West Loop, appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, let me tell you about the Circus Sportsbook. Oh, yeah, please do. Um, you know, Circus Sportsbook, Cody talks about it all the time, but obviously Cody's not here, so I'm taking over the gambling job today. Um, we love Circus Sportsbook. has tight money line splits than the low hold model. Um, games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circus Sportsbook menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use minus 115 or minus 120 splits. So, I don't know. I mean, go look on Circus Sportsbook. You want to check out the Missouri Tigers line for Saturday? Like, you might, might want to look it up because it, it's going to be great. Uh, Circus Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Has high app limits and transparency. Circus Sportsbook does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. However, Circus Sportsbook does encourage bettors to download and explore all sports betting apps available and compare the lines from each sportsbook. And you know, Cody loves this. I love it too. Circa customer service. There are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion. Unlike other books who use chatbots, all aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, text G-A-M-B to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Come. If I'm not mistaken, our Bears watch party was a Circa event, right? Yeah. The Brian Erlacher yeah. all hung out together. That's right. And he uh, made fun of some of uh, Bragg's comments. Yeah, he did. That's which great. was hurtful. Uh, I thought it was funny. I, it was funny. <laughs> Cody's saying, hammer the over for both Maction games tonight. Would you please stay on task? Cody's worrying about Maction Max- games tonight. Max- like, I understand it. It's Does Circa. Do three of us know what that means? I know, I know what it means. I, I know what it means. He's he's thinking about, you know, he's going to, he's going to, again, show Shohei how to work the apps and the Circus Sportsbook and stuff. But we probably, I, I feel like we failed already. We should have sent some of uh, the bacon jam with him. It's true. Probably should have sent some of the bacon jam and the hero breads. Just everything that could have sold. Everything that could have sold. And Shady Rays. I, I believe he packed the Shady Rays, you know, all the different styles, yeah. but we'll see how that goes. You're going to need them in California for sure. All right. So... 56th manager in the history of the Cubs is Mr. Craig Council. He said a lot of stuff that's interesting that we didn't get to yesterday. Um, One of them was, he said, you can get into a lot of trouble in free agency. He doesn't want the Cubs to go reckless. Again, I wouldn't say whatever you spend on Shohei Otani is reckless. It would be transformational, right? Like transforming. So don't mistake the two things. What becomes reckless is when you start giving out huge contracts to people that don't deserve it and won't earn it. That's that's where the problem comes in. And he went about saying another interesting thing. Don't count on things that happened in 23 mm-hmm. to happen again. What do you think he meant by that? 
I, th- I think when you look at it, it's like every year is different, right? And the teams change even, you know, even a little bit. Teams right. are a little different. Guys have, you know, better years in one year than they do the next year or vice versa, right? So it's like not everything from 2023 will happen as it did uh, for 2024. And I actually, you know, I wrote um, a Cubs diehard mailbag earlier this morning. Oh, hell. And one of the questions was like, what do you expect Craig Council to like bring differently to the manager's seat, to the manager's seat, and I said, well, you know, with Milwaukee, obviously, like his his, his uh, Pythagorean record compared to his actual record was like a, it was like a plus plus twenty over the last seven years, and like a plus six over the last four, uh, like the Cubs. So like in the last four years, but the Brewers were plus six, whereas the Cubs were about minus two, especially after this season, they were minus seven. So it's like, yeah, like that tells part of the story, and like his record and one run games is very high compared to other managers, especially like David Ross's Cubs teams. Right. So like that tells a little bit of the story, but does it also bring in the context of like two of those years were rebuild years for the Cubs and, Mm -hmm. and Milwaukee always had better bullpens that allowed them to hold one run leads or close leads in those games. Right. So you, you look at all these things that Craig council has done in the past. And like, there's a reason he's a very well-respected manager because he does it. He gets things done. He gets a lot out of his, you know, he, he got a lot more out of his Milwaukee teams than probably what would have been expected preseason. However, like the situation has changed now. He's not in Milwaukee anymore. He's in Chicago. He's with a different team. Like things change. The players he has have changed. Um, the player performances may change this next season. So I think what he, when he says that, it's like you just can't count on everything to be the same. Like obviously they have to set the tone. They have to do things right. They have to get the right players. He has to make the right decisions. Like, it's on them to do it. They can do it again. But to sit here and say, like, oh, the Cubs have Craig Council now, you give him the, give him the exact same roster next season, he's right. going to have five more wins. Like, you can't count on that. He may not have Bellinger. Yeah, he, because – but even if they did, right? Even right. if they gave him the exact same – Still would be different. 2023 roster and 2024, things may change. He, you can't just assume that he's going to win – Cubs win four, four or five more games with, with Craig Council next season because the situation will change. So I think that's what he's talking about is just they're going to do the work to make sure this team is improved next season, but it's on them to do the work and not just assuming that by bringing in Craig Council, things are going to be automatically be better. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a good way to look at, I think, any professional sport, but especially baseball. Like things are constantly changing and you have to be evaluating things where they are, right? Like very few players are, I I always think of Ben Zobris just like the model of consistency, right? When you look at his career, he was putting up a a pretty particular slash line like every single year, right? Just very reliable. Here's what you get with Ben Zobris. Not everybody's like that, right? You look at the Cubs, even in particular, you know, Jan Gomes, obviously in his mid thirties, is he as productive as he was last year? Does he keep that up? You don't know. You have to be, you know, ready and evaluate Miguel Amaya properly, evaluate the rest of your organizational catcher depth yeah. properly. You know, say a Suzuki had a very up and down season, but finished as one of the best hitters, you know, for the last two months in Major League Baseball. So which version of him are you getting? I bet on that version, right? But that would be the thing. You don't expect him, hopefully, to go up and down as much next year. You expect him to just be a consistent, great player. We asked the same question, you know, coming into this year of someone like Justin Steele, right? He was great in the second half two years ago, and there was a big question. Can he repeat it? Can he get better? He did, he right? But you didn't season. know that. Keegan right? Thompson didn't. Steele right. did. Exactly. And Brand I think the bullpen, Hughes, right? bullpen, yeah. a great area for what Craig Council is talking about. You know, you got so much production for several months out of that big three of Alzali, Merriweather, and Mark Leiter Jr. fell apart at the end, right? You would hope going into next year that they improve, their roles are clearer, and you have more depth to avoid something like that happening. So I, I think he's just getting at you You have to constantly be evaluating things mm-hmm. and prepared in both directions, guys to get better and improve, right? If if Christopher Morell has a regular position, is playing every day, maybe he does cut that K-rate a little bit. He's only 24 and he develops into a star, right? So maybe it's not mm-hmm. the same journey you just went on this year. The other thing I would say in terms of um, what did he what did he say about uh, getting reckless, right? Right. The interesting thing about the Cubs, and, and people have talked about this, and specifically in the Jed era, right, talking only about Jed, Tyone 
is is up in the air. That's another good one, right? You expect him to be better. You don't expect that to go the same as 2023. Uh-huh. At least I don't. Not I, I, not I, that I, bad. I really don't consistent. expect that. But here's but, what I think, what you're saying, Corey. Sorry to interrupt. Sure. You can finish in a second. You're not that <laughs> no, sorry to interrupt. No, I'm not. <laughs> here's what I'm, the one thing I would say. If the Cubs are smart and they really do want to compete, then the ones that they're not sure about, like the, the ones that are trending up, Go ahead and, and hope that that's what happens. Right. The ones that are trending down, you, you have to bet against them. And if they prove you wrong, it's a bonus. Right. Absolutely. In, in some ways, you, you can't watch that trend. Even the Saya thing, the up and down season, the most likely thing to happen for Saya next year, while I agree, I, I think he may have figured it out at the end. The most likely thing is another up and down season. That's what he's shown us. Sure. So they, yeah, yeah. they have to consider that too. Absolutely. That it may not just be a magical finish that rolls right into another yeah, I mean, season part, too. part of the problem i mean a huge part of the problem in 2023 was they were not prepared for the bad outcomes they right. were not prepared no. for the bullpen falling nope. apart they were not prepared before. for the depth that was necessary at other positions when you had injuries or guys not performing etc i i what i was going to say though in terms of the recklessness and like spending and things like that jed again tyone jury's out there's still three years left in in general he has nailed the big signings right? Saya has been a very productive player for this team, even if it's been up and down at times. Marcus Stroman, outside of getting hurt, was mostly very good for this team, right? Dansby Swanson looks like a slam dunk, especially compared to those other contracts from the market last year. Where their spending has been reckless, right, is on those depth signings, those margin signings, right? Reckless to me is not spending... A half a billion dollars on Shohei Otani. That'll make them money in the long Thank run. Thank you. Reckless is that for 2024, you're paying Tucker Barnhart and Trey Mancini Correct. to not be here. Correct. That's reckless. A ten million combined, right? Like if you, if you're if you're using the luxury tax, which I believe the organization is, whichever threshold as some sort of a threshold, then that's where the reckless money is being spent on guys you're paying to go away. That's where they need to get better. They need stars absolutely, right? 100%. I'm not that it's not even a consideration. You need to be landing stars. This team has to go to that next level. But in terms of recklessness, it's exactly that. Your plan for if Matt Mervis didn't work out at first base was two washed up guys, one yeah. you didn't pay anything for and one you paid a decent amount of money for. That's reckless. You did not have a good backup plan for that. You did not have a good backup plan for your bullpen. That's where they were reckless, not in the bigger signings. The bigger signings, Jed has actually done a really good job. If Tyone turns it around, I think his record is perfect with what you would consider like a big signing. Since Jed's right? taking in charge. It's not a mass it's cool. not a massive signing though, right? Like it's it's still not really Dan Tyone? Yeah, Dan, yeah, yeah. Dan Dansby is I'm just the, talking about in terms of like real yeah, money. Uh, uh, yeah, Agree, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then so kind of putting both those things together, it's like what Craig Council had meant kind of saying like don't expect 23 like the things that happened last year to happen again. Um I think that also ties into free agency and that like just because and this is something that he said is like just because you have like it, it can get you in a little bit of trouble if you like for agency, yeah. like, it can't it can't be the only way you build the roster because I mean you look at the Padres. The Padres were a playoff team 2 years ago then kept spending money and then they missed the playoffs this year. Like they were, they they were below the Cubs in the standings. I want to say so. Just because you go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency, even if the moves look great, like you can't expect that everything else stays the same from the year prior, and all you're doing is adding to adding good players, right? Like things are going to change, even if you are spending money in free agency. Like the things that you already have, like the, the situations are going to change. That's just how baseball and just sports in general work. So you can't just rely on on spending in free agency. Uh, whether that's you know c- continuing to develop the prospects they got in their top five farm system, or making a trade, or whatever it is, you know, going out and signing and, and signing the the marginal players, but the right marginal mm-hmm. players. Whether it, all that is going to tie together in what needs to be a good building of the roster for next season. So like yeah, like free agency itself can get you into trouble, but if you make the right signings, which you know you you, you can't predict it for sure. Well, if you make the right signings and do the other things to build the roster the right way, then you start, you, you definitely have a little more hope that 
you're you're just better off than what you were in 23, but you can't you even then you still can't always assume it. But well, it, the but if you do the right things, you give yourself a better shot at being better. They Absolutely. hit big on Bellinger, right? Like we know yeah, that was the yeah. one off season move that they hit last year. Well, Bellinger and Dansby, in my opinion, both were grade A off season moves last year. The rest of them, a lot of them were questionable. Not all yeah. of them, there, but some of the bigger bigger money ones were questionable. You're not going to hit on every move in free agency. You're just, you're not in any sport. That's why players are free agents a lot of times because one team has decided either we can't do it or the player's seeking more money that they think may not be worth it. Or sometimes it's, it's a reason that the player just wants a different team. Okay, but generally there's some sort of flaw that makes that player at least a little bit of a risk factor. Bellinger was a risk factor, sure. obviously. The Cubs, he still has him. Yeah, still, he still is. He still has the same, maybe not the same exact risks that he had last offseason when the Cubs gave him the one-year deal, but there is the possibility of what Council is talking about. Don't, don't assume that Bellinger is necessarily the same guy again next year. He could go back closer to the guy that was struggling a little bit in between. Um They've got it. You got to hit in like 80% of your free agent yeah. moves. You, you have to be better than 50%. You can't be rolling the dice and you can't be signing uh, Marlon Bird and Jock Jones and whoever the pitcher was. You know, like you can't start spending stupid money. Like to me, the, the Milton Bradley one back in the day was one of the dumbest ones ever <laughs> because it was 30 million for a guy that nobody else was bidding on. Mm. And it was like, who are they, who are they outbidding here? You could have offered them 5 million. Um, and so I think this front office at least understands uh, throwing money at the problem doesn't necessarily solve it. Now, throwing the money at Shohei Otani, I don't see as a mistake. No, it's a completely different thing. Um, yeah, the value he would make this franchise is a, yeah. a no-brainer. Um, and they must know that. And On that's and why the they're field. trying. Yeah. Uh, I would add too. I think we have like 200 people watching the live chat. If you wouldn't mind hitting that thumbs up helps us out. Oh, yeah. We appreciate Please. that. Please. Um, what I would say too, in like getting to our poll question and I think like the title of the show, right? Like in terms of, is it a one year fix or whatever? I, I'm looking at things now, like you have, you sign Craig council to a particular contract. That's a particular window right? Mm -hmm. That five year span is a particular window in and of itself. And it's hard to take a team from 83 wins, 84 wins, 83, 83, 83, credit uh, to me for, oh God, 83. for those of you forgotten, right. I said 83 <laughs> right. in the off season last year. I was just teeing them up. Um, you know, when you look at, it, it's hard to take a team from that to absolute juggernaut like yeah. this is the best team in baseball status because that's a process that takes a long time mm -hmm. and there's a lot involved in that but i think as they attack this it's about how are you putting your best foot forward in each of these next five years and that doesn't mean that in the sixth year we go into a rebuild like that's what we're trying to avoid that's what this organization should never really be doing but you, you you're paying a lot of money for a big time manager in this position and it's a certain number of years, right? So I think you look at each of these as opportunities to win. Some of them are going to be better opportunities, easier to move yourself from contender to favorite, let's call it. Some of them, it's going to be a little harder. And I think in this one, you know, they have a lot of talent to replace that went out the door. They have some questions to answer. They absolutely need to reach the point that they are without question the favorite in this division. That's like bare minimum for this offseason. If they are not looked at roster-wise as the prohibitive favorite to win the NL Central, we've failed somewhere along the way, right? But they should be going above that. But I think in some of those comments, it's like well, they don't have to push every chip they have in to win in 2024. I don't think that's... So you're okay with that? If that's what they're saying, you're okay with them saying, it, Jed has said multiple times, it's not a one-year fix. Yeah. My my only hesitation in it is it hasn't been a one-year process, right? Sure. Like the, the, he's already there. I do feel like they've, they've sped up the process a little bit with the signing of Dansby and, but let's not forget like 
the winning hasn't happened for a while. So Absolutely. I, what, it, it's tough to hear as a fan, it's not a one-year fix because we haven't had a playoff team in way more than one years. Yeah, I, I don't, one I year. didn't, I don't read that <laughs> one as, years. I think, potentially negatively Gaze. as you could. I, I think they have also said a lot that hints that they are aware that that is not, that last year was not good enough. Just competing loosely for a, uh, the last playoff spot is not good enough. Missing the playoffs is not good enough. And I think they understand that they have work to do to get them in a better position. I am okay with that. I'm also okay understanding, like, I don't necessarily expect to exit this offseason with people thinking the Cubs have a better roster on paper than, like, the Atlanta Braves. That would take a ton of work. As always, I wish they spent $500 million, right? Like, and just, you know, blew everybody out of the water every year. Sure, that's not realistic. They're not going to do that. Clearly the best roster in the division. Yes. So I I think can't be anything less. I think I think that I think both of these things can be true. I don't think they're they're mutually exclusive. So I I didn't I didn't take that as like, yeah, we haven't won in a while, but Mm -hmm. we're just starting the process now. I, I don't think that's what's meant by that. I think what's meant is we're going to improve. We know we have to be better and put ourselves in a much better position roster wise. Mm-hmm. Can we get to being the absolute best team in baseball? I think they'll try, right? They're going to make moves that are going to get them in that direction. But it is, I think it's just being realistic. It is very difficult. And also, as we know, right, you do not need to be the best team in baseball yeah. on paper in February of 2024 to win the World Series in 2024. So I think that I think all of these things go in hand in hand. I'm not particularly yeah. worried about that. I think they aim to get there during Kensel, Council's tenure and stay there for as much of it as they can. Mm-hmm. Can they do it in the next four months? Probably not. But that doesn't mean they can't put a very good team if not great team on the field next year. One thing I see David Snyder in the chat talking about, hey, they need two of these four guys, Alonzo, Bellinger, Soto, Otani. Here's what I would say. I, that's a, and what that, he's saying, two of those guys plus two quality starters. Okay, and, okay. Yeah, and Yamamoto and maybe Hayter. <laughs> so now we've had the perfect offseason. There you go. In the greatest one in the history of baseball. Yeah, what, to David, dead. what I would say is one guy... One thing I don't want to see the Cubs do is overspend for a closer. I, I I don't think, I know that the godfather of CHGO, Michael Collada, is going to say they don't have a closer. They don't have a closer. But I would rather see them get some reliable arms. Look, think, look at the arms that the Diamondbacks were using in the postseason, okay? And, and I know you can't count on all the young guys to do it, but you can stockpile some arms in a way better arms than what they had last year, smarter arms than what they had last year. But I don't want them to try and just fix it with some large number on a reliever because I think bullpens are exactly what Craig Council was talking about when he said don't count on next year. Even though Hayter is a great reliever, I, I it, it's the most volatile spot in any baseball team and I think it is something that you can fix at a trade deadline because you can see who is good that year that's something that me and Cody Cody talked about last week um, that at least what I said was I I think you can go into next season with Adbert Ozzel as your closer and be Mm -hmm. fine with it because he he was a solid closer from the large the vast majority of his time this last year and what if you know you have Adbert he's fine the whole season but then you get to the trade deadline and like, like a closer Becomes available. It may not be a Chapman situation, right. but you say this closer, if we get him, would help us, would, would, would give us a, an even better shot at winning the division, making yeah. noise in the playoffs, potentially going over World Series, right? Then you, yeah, like you said, you can potentially fix it then. But yeah, I don't think you have to go and get a, you know, a Josh Hader right now because I think Adbert proved last season that he's a fine closer. He may not be elite. But he can get the job done when you call on him. I think he proved that last season, so I don't think you need to replace Adbert right now. Well, and I think the frustrating part about last year was I, I don't think in, uh, most people looked at the 2023 Cubs and said they needed the most high-priced free agent closer to make the playoffs. They needed like a couple more like reliable arms, even like pitching like the sixth inning sometimes. Yeah. Right. Like the problem was it got boiled down to three guys basically every single night. 
and for as much as David Ross could run Jose Quas out there, right? Like, yeah. I don't think they needed, they didn't need the Chapman from 2016. They didn't need that move. They needed like a, a, a body that could get through a handful of innings so that Julian Merriweather didn't have to do it every night, right? So I do think that's part of it. And that's what shortens windows, right? Those bad little deals, they add up right? Mm -hmm. Like the money that they're giving to, and I'm not trying to like ride these guys, right? But like the money they're giving to Tucker Barnhart and Trey Mancini even added up. Let's say even that's one high quality reliever. Well, that's one high quality reliever they're not going to spend that money on because it's going to guys who aren't even on the roster. So those things add up. Those little decisions do add up. And I think that's where they really do need to be smart. And we talked a lot too about the balance of getting those young guys opportunities, whether it's position players or pitchers, not counting on them, but also providing a runway for them to try and contribute. We saw it a lot from guys in the World Series, right? Guys like Evan Carter, Corbin Carroll. At some point, they were given the opportunity to have that runway to fail, succeed, grow, adjust. And I don't think the Cubs have done the best job of that necessarily uh, you know, over the last couple of years. Well, you're going after Barnhart. Uh, well, listen, a lot of people in the chat saying, we need a bullpen, we need a pen overhaul. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying I don't think a pen overhaul includes spending a huge contract on a yeah. guy that's been a closer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and, and I've seen Eva Wax mentioning Liam Hendricks. I don't know what the deal would be, but maybe coming off his health concerns that he's had, yeah. may, maybe that's something that might be a guy that you might be getting cheaper and for a year or two, like, okay, different story. Um, I don't think Liam Hendricks is even going to pitch next year. Right. So, but he might be a guy that you might be able to get in a Ryan Dempster where you sign him, you pay him for a year, a little bit of money. And then the next year you get the benefits of having really good Liam Hendricks on your team. Well, and the, the bullpen too is a particular area. Like you can't just give Craig council nothing, right? Like I don't think he could have worked, necessarily magic with what he was given last year but you you hire him to get the most out of those things right so as long as you are able to provide a more useful group than you did last year reliable durable right and kind of planning for all those um sort of unknowns right craig council should be able to make it work. He's done it in Milwaukee, right? And and the best organizations like Milwaukee has for the most part in the last several years in terms of their bullpen, they've developed those guys. Yeah. Those are their guys that they're developing and, you know, sort of carving those roles for. And that is something the Cubs definitely need to get better at. And Craig Council will assuredly help them with. Yeah. Um, Luke, I want to tell you about Goose Island. Thank but also, you. Yeah. Real quick, Zach in the chat keeps saying I'm wearing White Sox gear. This is just CHGO gear, man. man. CHGO is good for everyone. CHGO. Every piece of CHGO merch, great for anyone. Uh, But yeah, let me tell you about Goose Island Beer Company. Where is it? Chicago's beer since 1988, right? Yeah, well, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Chicago's beer since 1988. Uh, I mean, you look at the beer roster, you might... You might just try it's to line up. just add it to the Cubs lineup. It's you Murderer's might, Row might, yeah, right there. That's, that's what we're hoping for this yeah. offseason. The Oktoberfest, the Beer Hug family, the 312 Wheat Ale, which is is my favorite. I know that's Corey's favorite as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And the Full Pocket Pills, which is Cody's beer of choice. That's cleanup. When, <laughs> that's when that's he, cleanup. When he does him. a beer bat, that is his beer of choice. Um, grab ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original beer brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park. Or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Yeah, I'm hoping Cody didn't have to pay extra for on the luggage charge for that because I know we sent a lot of Goose Island. We want Shohei coming back on the plane with lots of Goose Island, so hopefully he was able to get through that uh, through customs and whatnot. Uh, Foco, make sure you get fitted out with the best sports gear around: hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. They've got the Aloha shirts that Ryan likes to wear to the ball game, polos, oh, yeah. bags, everything you need for a game. A lot of our set decorations come from Foco. They have great bobble, I mean, great bobbleheads, and they really hook us up with some cool stuff for our set. We appreciate that, and thank you. Make sure you check out Foco.com or click the link in description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Listen, we're getting close to holiday shopping time. Foco is the place to go. Uh, I see we have a super chat from our guy Fernando today. Cubs need pitching. Who's out there for the oh, Cubs man. to go get? That will be a future podcast coming up. 
Good tease. Fernando, but is oh, that's what yeah. we call a professional tease right there. I did want to mention before we go, and I know we're over time already. Um, you know, we had counsel, and I had like 24 hours to think about it, and I was like, okay, I love the hiring. He talked about, we just talked about how he was saying, don't be reckless with the spending. Some people would say spending $8 million on your, even though it's not against yeah. a salary cap, if you will, uh, is slightly reckless for an organization that has told us that they had at one time biblical losses. Um, here's what do you think the what do you think the value of a manager is? Because when I first thought about it, I thought to myself that it is probably too much to spend on a manager. I don't know if he's that much better than Ross, but he's definitely a I in my mind a better manager than Ross, even if he is the best. What is it worth? And one thing I hadn't considered until now is that like the, the, the speed of the game has changed, right? So the pitch clock came in last season and did that impact Ross's ability to grow as a manager, right? He, whether it was reviews, it's one place where I think because the game is faster, we notice this, there's not, you're not playing four hour games as much anymore. He's got to make the review decisions faster. He's got to make uh, hit and run decisions faster. Everything has to be slightly faster. I think when you have a manager, and I came up with this this morning, I was thinking it might be another way in, in that council could give the Cubs an advantage. If, if he is a sharper mind because he's done it for more years than David Ross, the game has sped up, and a guy like council would be more likely to handle that. Is that a crazy thought? I think I kind of disagree with you. I think that if we're looking at it last season, yeah. I, I, that I would be more in agreement. I do think just the obviously the more the guys yeah, go even, on and the sure. rules are the rules, then everyone's going to get used to it and figure it out. I, right. I mean, maybe even this season, like Greg Council, in that sense, would have been better than David Ross. Maybe even next season too. But there's um, more strategy just be also because of the way the game changed with the stolen bases yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Right. Well, All of it changed. Yeah, I'm not. Yes, I'm saying I'm not completely disagreeing. I, I think the longer the rules are, the rules, yeah. the less like that may have an effect, and maybe like the the effect of that make it a little smaller and smaller. Um, but I mean, in, in a sense, yeah, I agree. Like the, just having the experience in the manager, the in game managerial um, experience, I think, yeah, I think that could that could be valid. Cons you know, uh, right like right now, obviously last season. And maybe the next couple of years going forward, but yeah, what I'm saying is I agree, but I do think that may diminish in a little, like just the longer that the rules. The more are experience Ross would get, yeah, yeah. it would get better. I just yeah. think maybe Council is able to slow the game at this point in his career. At this point. Council may be able to slow that game down in the dugout a little bit. Yeah, I can agree with that. Better. I I, with that. I don't just say this because he's the Cubs manager now, but I think Craig Council does laps around David Ross. Um, I think if they met in a playoff series, he would pants him. And pants him? Yes, absolutely. I like, think if we're talking those little <laughs> matchup decisions, I mean, the amount of times that David Ross, like, you know, had sluggers bunting or losing the DH because of various decisions he was making, Craig Council's taken him to the cleaners. I, I really genuinely oh, yeah, believe that. that. I, that's not what I'm saying. And, but to answer, your, I, I, to answer your original question about, like, the value like at times, right, if you're looking at like, you know, stuff on fan graphs, like a one win above replacement has been worth like eight or nine million dollars. Right. And I think we believe that Craig Council is probably winning you a handful of extra games. I think that if you believe there are certain games that David Ross lost just because of his decision making right now, obviously, players have to do their jobs, things like that. Right. I think Council wins. I don't know how many, a handful, let's call it. Just well, from it better, needed, just from better decision making, right? It only had to be two to get him in the postseason. No. So I think he yeah. does that. So then it's a question of, well, those wins are extremely valuable, right? Last year, the one win was the difference between the Cubs making and not making the playoffs. So whether you're looking at kind of a war value of like eight-ish million dollars, you don't have to because he's not a player. But if you think he would have won you a handful more games, which I believe he would have, it's definitely worth the money they're paying. And moreover, like, especially from this organization, you know, I felt the same when they identified, like when they were doing the first rebuild, they identified and, and Tom spent the money 
Theo Epstein is the best at his position in this game, and he is available to us. We are going to pay. We are a big-time organization. We act like it sometimes, Big right? boy pants. Right? Big boy. And we're going to do that. And I think that this is, this is a similar situation. Like, this is the best in the game. We are a big-time organization, and we're going to act like it and go pay the best in the game. And if it's getting the Cubs to the playoffs more, if it's getting them to the World Series, if it's having them more competitive every year in September, mm-hmm. right, that's worth a lot more than $8 million to this organization yeah. on an annual basis. So I think it's I think it's well worth it if he continues to be the best in the game, which I expect him to be. Yeah, well, like, just, just to be clear, like, I'm not saying Crank Council isn't a better manager than David Ross because I believe Agreed. he is. Agreed, but we all what, do. To what you said, to what you asked, I— like right now, I would even agree with that, but just I think, just but it's not even just Ross. Like any manager getting experience in this new right. rule situation, I just think that would specifically as the rule changes go and speeding up the game, I think that would mm-hmm. diminish long run. But like yeah. right now, I think you're still right. accurate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, I, I don't disagree yeah. that he will make better bullpen decisions, in-game decisions, oh, yeah. all of those things. I was curious if the slowing down the game that has now sped up was something that we hadn't really considered before. Yeah, no, I I think that's all fair. And, you know, I just think like as the bigger part of the conversation, like when you get to the playoffs and you're having to make those, and Council talked about this, right? Like those 52-48 probability decisions. Not always going to be right. I I trust him to make the best choice. Like if you're in the trenches and somebody's got to maintain composure and make those tough decisions, I think Council does it better than everybody else. But even he admitted, like, sometimes it's a toss-up, yeah. and you kind of just have to hope your process is good, and you're right about it. Yeah. So, All right, we're back tomorrow live at 120. Cody's on his way to Japan to escort Shohei Otani back to the CHGO studios, <laughs> and then Wrigley Field, of course. He's got his— They would be at Murphy's first. Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, his, he's got his Shady Rays packed. He's got some sunny side in the bag. He's—oh, I didn't—sorry. Uh, he's got some—what? Charlie the Bacon guy, bacon jam in his pockets, and he'll be coming home with Shohei. Uh, Don't forget, by the way, to sign up to be a CHGO diehard. Best way to do it is do it right now so that you've got the diehard card so that when Shohei gets here, you're able to throw it down on the table. Uh, We have all our post-game shows during the season. We're here Monday through Friday, uh, 120 in the off-season. Every week, no matter what, premium written content from Ryan and all the guys at allchgo.com, 20% off oh, all wait. our events. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Ryan's going to break it out. Dope merch for all the teams. Look at the shirt, the hat. It's all in. Free shirt when you become a member. And the Die Hard card. Oh, Look at I'm gonna, that. I'm going to get up into the camera. So. Get that right up there so that when Shohei, the whole table over. when Cody's like, here, what we have, <laughs> we have this Die Hard card thing that you just can't get in San Francisco. That's it. Die hard car. Bingo. Nailed it. That is nice. That's how you throw it down. One more time, Ryan. Show us again how you do it. One more time. That's how you throw it down on a table. The die hard card. Accepted everywhere around the world. Accepted everywhere. Thank you for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast. See you back here tomorrow at 120. Until then, fly the W. Hope you feel better, Becky. 